everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth, and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. I'm praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning saunterers. If you're listening on the radio, on Prayer House Radio, or you're watching on YouTube or later, or you're watching now live on Facebook, it's so cool. We're using technology. We're making it work. This is amazing. So we are sauntering and we're in chapter three of 1 Corinthians, this incredible book. So let's pray and welcome the Holy Spirit. And good morning to you, Kathy. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you that you're right here with us. Thank you that you are the one who breathed out these words in the first place. And we ask you now to breathe them into us and let them become part of our lives. Let them shape us by the supernatural power that lives in these words, in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we're on 1 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning, and Paul has been telling us about the wisdom of God and how it's not the same as human wisdom. And he's now kind of taken upper level slightly and he's getting into this really sort of getting into this pastoral ministry towards the um the corinthian church and trying to shape him up a bit and so he says this but i brothers could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh as infants in christ i fed you with milk not solid food for you're not ready for it and even now you're not yet ready for you're still of the flesh this is really kind of tough talking, isn't it? He's like saying, you're a bunch of babies. (laughs) I would would love it if you were actually grown-ups and I could feed you on some decent food. But actually, you're still a bunch of babies because you're living according to the flesh. Now, we talked about this in, in Paul's book to the Romans. And this is a common theme with Paul. He's saying, listen, it's more than just your bodily desires or your natural preferences that are at play now. You are a child of God. You are born of the spirit. There is something different going on in you. You are no longer to live like you used to live, just doing whatever you felt like and being a kind of some of all your desires and appetites and all this kind of thing. And so he says, you're you're infants. Now, when people talk about milk and solid food, when it comes to this chapter, there's very, I, I grew up understanding that solid food was proper, decent Bible teaching, and it was really deep and intense and kind of milk was what you got at Sunday school, solid food was what you got if you went to the Tuesday night Bible study. 
And I think that's that's okay, but I don't think that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. I think he's saying what when we when we read on and see the context of what he says, we can begin to see Paul's idea of what maturity is, because spiritual maturity is not measured listen to me, is not measured in how much Bible you know. (laughs) Spiritual maturity is measured in how much Bible you live. It's not about how much Bible you know. It's how much that word is living in you. It's not being able to quote every single chapter and verse. Good morning, Suzanne and Pete and Kev. Great to see you, lovely guys. Um, but it's it's not about a chapter and verse and being able to kind of recite off the scriptures, although that's a good thing, it is not an indication of maturity. And he says, but even now you're not ready, <clears throat> you're not ready for solid food because you're still of the flesh. And then he goes on and listen to this, his definition, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are Are you not of the flesh and behaving in only a human way? Now, wow. Paul says, um, many people say, oh yeah, but you're only human. But for the Apostle Paul, only human is not a get out. That is not an excuse because he's saying, actually, you're not only human. (laughs) There is a sense in which when we're in Jesus, we become fully human. We become fully alive. And that's that's the way to look at it. But we're not just the same as everybody else around us. And so whilst people, whilst the mantra of this age may be, if it feels good to you, if it's your truth and you want to do that, that's great with me. You go ahead and live your truth and all this kind of stuff. Paul's saying, no, no, there's a different there's a different thing happening here because we're disciples. We're children of God. We've been born of the spirit of God. There's a new birth has taken place in us. We don't live just like we used to anymore. And so here's Paul's idea of maturity. He's saying, listen, as long as there's jealousy and strife among you, you're babies. I've I've had four children. We have four children. And so therefore we've had four babies growing up in our home. And now there's another one sort of kind of very nearby on my little grandson. And it's so gorgeous to be a granddad. But this is the thing with um, babies and small children. A lot of the parental role is keeping them safe and enforcing boundaries, teaching them about behavior, teaching them how to share, teaching them how to play nice, Stop fighting. Stop pulling hair. No, you can't say that to your sister. That's really mean. No, it's time to turn the TV off now and we're going to clean our teeth and go to bed. And and so parental um, (laughs) parenting a small person is very different to parenting, parenting, parenting a grown up, because once we... (laughs) Our role backs off, doesn't it, as the young person grows and learns the way to live. And so Paul's saying, listen, I'm I'm still having to police. I'm still on playground duty with you guys. A, a friend of mine, that's my, not my own term, that's a vicar friend, told me that when he says, oh, a lot of it is playground duty. You're teaching people to play nice. And to be honest, even in the pastoral ministry, a lot of what we get to do is say, no, no, let's share, let's play nice, you know, let's let's not get jealous, 
Let's not be envious of that person because of this and so on and so on. And um, that's not the way we speak to our brothers and sisters in this family. And so Paul's saying, listen, as long as we're addressing you like this, your children, your babies, this is milk. This is not the solid um, food. And so he's saying, while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? See, again, Paul's saying merely human. We're not merely human anymore. And he comes on to that in a minute. So it's a bit like the squabbles in the the playground over which team you support. Oh, I love, I support Man United. They're the best, they're the best. No, they're not. Spurs are the best. And it's like, oh, I'm going to smack you for saying that. Oh, you, and and Paul's saying, you, you're bickering and, and arguing over which is your favourite preacher. Stop it. And which a Paul or a Paulus you're aligned to. He says, stop that. It just is it's immature behaviour. So then he says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labour. Listen to this, for we are God's fellow workers. If you want to, here's another definition of ministry. Yesterday it was the, the seagull method of, <laughs> of Bible teaching. This is Paul, the apostle's um, definition of ministry. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So, Paul and Apollos, they are workers. They work for the same boss. They're on the same project. They're building the same thing, which is a temple. They're building God's building. They're tending God's field. If you want to take the agricultural um, metaphor, they're working in the same field. They're doing a different job. Paul is planting. Apollos is watering. Apollos is the Bible teacher who comes and he fills in the blanks and he answers the questions and he does these great teaches where suddenly the Bible makes a load of sense and Paul's come and he said, listen, you need to surrender to Jesus. It's all about becoming part of the part of him, becoming in him and teaching them the gospel and how it works and so on. And so he says, we're fellow workers. We work with each other, but we're working with and for God. And it's God's project. He's the Holy Spirit is the project manager. He's the one recruiting the labor and so on and so on and so on. And he's the one we answer to. And Paul's saying, will you stop it? So listen, there are some great preachers out there. There's some great pastors. There's great leaders. There are churches that are just amazing out there in the world. And yet it's so easy, isn't it, to compare 
Uh, and and we do, I, I think we do it ourselves, even as pastors. We say, oh, if only we had this, or if only we were in America, we'd have all this and that and the other. And yet here we are, you know, and, and poor old prayer house with no building and all the rest of it, you know, and oh, and it rained and we had to stop because everyone was soaked and <laughs> stop it. Let's get on and build with all our heart and with all our soul because we're serving Jesus and we're whether we're Bill Johnson or Randy Clark or John Arna or, or Joyce Mayer or somebody famous is irrelevant as long as we're doing the job and we're serving him well with all our hearts, with a pure heart. That's what we're called to do. Right, here we go. So it's someone else may plant someone else may water but it's god who makes the thing grow and what we need is for god to make the thing grow in the uk that's really 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 what we need right now this massive period of the church growing in vigorous strength in in the uk verse 10 according to the grace of god given to me like a skilled builder i laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it let each one take care of how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this is really important. So Paul's saying this whole ministry, this whole thing, the whole church is a team ministry. Whether Paul was going around on his own or with a bunch of people, a whole retinue of people, at the end of the day, it's a team ministry because none of us live forever. None of us can be everywhere at once. And so it, one of the joys is being able to plant a seed and watch somebody else nurture it and tend it and, and help it to grow. And maybe you were the one who perhaps sowed that original seed in somebody's heart of to, to bring them to Jesus and yet now they're in a different church or they're part of a different congregation and somebody else is tending them and teaching them and discipling them but they're growing and they're walking with God fantastic <laughs> let's give God the glory sometimes it's kind of tough because we become attached to people and we love them and we invest in them and we don't like to see our investment walking off and enriching someone else's little flock always and it's, it's difficult to be always gracious when people leave but there you go that's how it is and so let's man up or grow up or whatever it is Paul's encouraging us to do here and be mature about it and say this is actually Listen, the church is universal. It's around the world. A local congregation is part of the church, but it's not the church. It's not the whole thing. It's, it's so much bigger than the local congregation. Right, here we go. Here we go. So he says, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid. And this is really, really important. Any found, Anything growing on a foundation other than Jesus Christ, whatever it is, is not the church. Just saying, if there's any other foundation other than Jesus, it's not the church. If it's a personality or a person who's powerful and charismatic and all the rest of it and influential, but it's not Jesus, it's not the church. And so here we go. He says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ Jesus, Yeshua, the Christos is 
Jesus, the anointed one. That's the foundation we're building on. And he says, um, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. That means shown or visible for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work has been done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as though through fire. Now, I grew up on verses like this about the day that is coming when everyone's work is going to be tested. And so everyone who's been serving God, whether they've got the tag of pastor or evangelist or prophet or apostle or something, whether they're known as a recognized ministry is somewhat irrelevant because actually everyone who has received Jesus is building something. We are building on the foundation that we've received in our lives, which is Jesus Christ. And the, the way we speak and the way we live our lives and the way we input into other people and influence other people is the product of our lives. And that's really what we're building and so those who are in a formal ministry, very much our work will be tested and, and seen for what it is. But we also who are not in a recognised ministry anywhere, but are just doing our thing, living for Jesus every day. What we're building will be tested and will be seen. It will be revealed on the day. Now, in my Bible, the day here has got a capital D indicating that it's a special day. And it's implied in the context that this is a special day, not just any day, although the word is just day. And so um, when the prayer house building caught fire, it was shown to be a poor construction. The part that burnt was destroyed. It wasn't built very well, that part. We didn't build it, so I don't have any <laughs> anything to apologize for that. But on the other hand, what is my what is the product of my life gonna look like once the fire of God properly investigates it? When I stand before this all-consuming fire and God says, let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> what you've built and the breath of his mouth is fire and it comes out. What is going to be left? You know what I mean? So Paul's saying here, build, you're building a temple, build it using the correct materials, build it with gold and silver and marble and granite, precious stones that are going to stand and resist the fire. Hi, Sally. And so um, we... This is this is important stuff. And so he's saying we need to take care of what we're building. We need to use the appropriate materials. Now, let me tell you something that isn't an appropriate material. The strength of your personality, your flair, all of those things are great, but they're not eternal. They don't have eternal value. But that that heart thing that where where our heart is fully yielded and surrendered and given over. Um, A.W. Tozer, I think it was, said famously. And I'm going to quote it wrong, so it shows how 
<laughs> it is a famous, uh, he said famously that anything that is not built um, a, according to the Holy Spirit and, and as a result of being led and motivated and empowered by the Holy Spirit is hay, straw and stubble. It's not precious stones. And he said that many, in his view, many evangelical leaders would find themselves to have been busy harvesters of hay, straw and stubble when they finally get to meet God. And that's quite a scary thought, isn't it? But we, because if we're just building with our own energy, our own strength, the force of our personality, the power of our own gift, what we're going to build is temporary. It doesn't have eternal value. But if we're bringing people into relationship with the living God, if we're bringing them into discipleship and teaching them how to walk with the Holy Spirit every day, then what we're building has eternal value and eternal significance, and it will stand. So this is, is really, really important. We're not just trying to cheerlead a bunch of people and keep them jolly until until our time is done. We're here to make disciples of Jesus. We're here to usher people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, where they're gonna, you know, forever and ever. This is life-changing, eternal stuff. Thank you, Raymond. God bless you. Not lovely to see you. Um, and so he says, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, that is the day, the day where we appear before God, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. It's interesting he doesn't say how much, it's what sort is judging the quality of our work not the quantity. So if all you've done in your life is brought one soul to Jesus, but you've taught them and discipled them and they love God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength, and that's all you've managed to achieve, great, that's eternal, that's going to stand. And some of the other stuff that we might have done, maybe, whoa, Jesus, it's kind of a good thing to evaluate our work by, isn't it? Is this, is this going to bear eternal fruit? Is this being led by the Spirit? Is this just a great idea or an enthusiastic idea? Now, there's nothing wrong with hobbies and playing golf and whatever else you might be interested in. That is just part of the, the trimmings of our lives, which make it colourful and fun. And God is in that. And God is in the joy and in the fun and in all of the rest of it. He's when we sit down and eat, he knows we need to eat and all those things. And we, we, he's there, but there is something that we're producing as well, which is of eternal significance. And that's what we need to be looking at and um, evaluating. Um, so he says, if anyone's work, so if, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Um, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And he's saying here, you're gonna it's not that you won't be saved, it's just that you'll escape with just the shirt on your back kind of thing, and much better to come um and stand before God and have him look at our the product of our lives and say, Yeah, good. That's great. Well done. And um <laughs> 
I don't know what kind of tone of voice he's going to have. So anyway, don't. <laughs> oh, here we go. Right. He says, right. So verse um, 16, he says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, that is a really, really interesting little snapshot. So Paul is talking about this building and he's saying, let's build like this. And he's addressing ministries and people um, to build with eternal um, things that will last and to build something that is eternal. But he, then he flips it and he says, you're the temple. Actually, you're the temple where God lives by his spirit. And that's really, this is a fundamental foundational truth that we really need to understand as, as Christians, as people who follow Jesus, that we're his temple and that he dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. And that should affect the way we treat our bodies. It also should affect the things that we introduce into it visually, through media, audi audibly, through what we listen to, through the kind, what we hear ourselves saying. We need to understand that this is a holy place. This me is a holy place. So when I was a child, when you went into a church building, you used to talk in a hushed voice and people used to take their hats off. Men used to take their hats off. Women would wear a hat and it was all very huge. And, and all we could hear was my mum and dad, when we went to church when we were little, was my mum and dad hissing at us. Shh. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't a greatly edifying experience. But this is the temple. This is the holy place. So do I treat this body of mine with the same reverence that we were taught to treat the church building years ago when we were kids? Just a thought, because this is really important. But he says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. So this is really serious. God is looking after his temple. He does not treat it lightly. We should not treat our bodies lightly. We certainly should not ever think of. And God bless you if you ever have. But, it, you know, that whole terrible mindset of wanting to take our lives. And I know that many have been in that place and know the darkness and loneliness of it. But let's just, if we can um, understand all the way through that our body isn't ours, it belongs to him. It's his temple. He wants to live in it. He wants to dwell in it. And we must not harm it in any way. Let's not, ugh, I'm, I'm not here, to, I'm not speaking to condemn anybody who ever has hurt themselves on purpose but just to say let's pray for you let's let's talk about it let's find a way to really understand what this body is it's not just an inconvenience an annoying thing that keeps me going in a world I don't want to be in anymore but to understand that we are God's temple that he lives in us by his spirit he considers us so precious and he says, if anyone destroys God's temple, that God will destroy them because God is ferocious. He's jealous over us. He loves us with a passionate love. Let's just move on. Verse 18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise for the 
for the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, that's Peter, or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ and Christ, sorry, you are Christ's as in you belong to Christ, and Christ is God's. So we are God's possession, we're God's property. He says, listen, all of the wisdom, all of the stuff in this world, all of the, he says, that that is going to be frustrated by the wisdom of God. And he says, it's better that you become foolish, or you become thought of as foolish um, by those who are in the world, those who are caught up in this worldly system of thinking. He says, far better that you become thought of as foolish, but go after the wisdom that is in God. And he says, listen, in him, you own everything. And this is really, really cool. This is a whole um, conversation all of its own, isn't it? Worth worth thinking about. So let let no one boast in men, for all things are yours whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, so whether Bill Johnson, Joyce Mayer, whoever, they're all yours. They're great. They're yours. Enjoy Billy Graham. They're yours. They're your family. They're your brothers and sisters. And he says, or or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours. So it's all for you to enjoy because you are Christ's and Christ is God's. So we're in Christ and we are caught up with him in God. We are somehow heirs of all things. We're brought into this incredible relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a, a there's a lot in there to think about. I pray for each one of us now, Lord, as we go on with our day, that you'll speak to us and that these words will be like seeds that germinate in our hearts. And as we reflect on them throughout the day, you will shape us and mold us and bring us closer to Jesus. And Lord, let us be, oh, let us be spiritually grown up. Let's live according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a great day.